Good evening, everyone. Welcome into another Friday edition of Top of the Key. I am Stefan. You're listening to River West Radio 104.1 FM Milwaukee. I am going solo this evening on Top of the Key because Justin is out of town doing a Christmas celebration with his family. Uh, his brother is in town. He actually has a twin brother, which is kind of crazy. There's two of them. Um, but uh, So he's out doing that. We wish uh, his family, the Engelbar family, a Merry Christmas. And to all of you, a Merry Christmas as well. This is our Christmas edition, if you will, of the show today. Uh, we got a lot to get into because Justin and I didn't do a podcast this week because, again, of our schedules and the holidays and stuff. I don't know if we're going to do one next week either with Tuesday being Christmas. And that's usually the day that we record. But we will see. Um but uh, there was a lot that happened in the sports world this week, not only in football, but in basketball. Um, but to uh, to begin, let's just remind everyone to find our iTunes page, look up Top of the Key on iTunes. All of our archive shows and podcasts are up there. We also have a Facebook, facebook.com slash Top of the Key podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Stephon Sports, S-T-E-P-H-O-N Sports. And Justin is at Justin at Justin WXRW. You can find um, us every Friday on River West Radio from 10 to 11 p.m. Central Time. If you're not listening live, you can also find the shows on RiverWestRadio.com slash shows and listen also in on RiverWestRadio.com slash live. So now that we got most of that out of the way, we also want to announce that next week we are going to have our two finalists from the Top of the Key Fantasy Football League coming on to the show to discuss their season and their favorite team season. I think actually both of them are Packer fans, so there'll probably be a lot of Packers talk if you guys are interested in that. At least there won't be four Packer fans on the show at once. Uh, but I am in the championship against Justin's cousin, Brandon, and I'm actually really nervous. I'm also in the championship in my other league, but I'm also very nervous. I have a couple of the same players. I'm out James Conner all playoffs and he's not going to play again this week i'm out spencer ware i'm out quincy anunwa i just had josh gordon get suspended which we'll get into so it does not look super promising uh right now for me my fantasy basketball team is also incredibly injured right now i have like six guys that are not playing so my whole teams all my fantasy teams are banged up but we'll see if i can pull out a victory uh if if brandon wins he will get a NFL jersey of a player of his choice um, otherwise if I win I guess I can get myself one even though I have probably way too many as it is so let's begin our show I guess with the biggest news that's happened in the last uh, two days or so Josh Gordon is or initially came out and said that he was going to step away um, Thursday morning he came out saying that he was going to step away on a tweet from the Patriots to um, work on his his mental health and um, so that he can you know sort of recover he says he takes his mental health very seriously and he wants to remain to uh, remain able to perform at the highest level and so he was going to step away from football however it is now being also reported that he is facing an indefinite suspension for his violation of his conditional reinstatement if you all remember he was banned for the entire 2015 and 16 season he played only five games in 2014 only five games in 2017 because of 
suspensions as well. And then this year played in 12 games between Cleveland and New England. He could have probably had a thousand yard season this year if he had played all 16 games. So it shows you that at age 27, he still has a lot of talent. He can still be a potential number one wide receiver. He came on to the Patriots and played 11 games. He had 40 catches for 720 yards and three touchdowns, like I said, which was is pretty good. Um, average 65 yards a game, which is uh, would put you right around that thousand yards for the entire season. This is a big blow to the Patriots on a football level. He had helped stretch the field. They have Julian Edelman as sort of their chain mover slot underneath guy, and Gronk can play not only in the middle of the field as well with Edelman, but can also exploit the, the seam routes up the numbers in the middle of the field against the safeties just because he is so big and is such a big target, and it takes usually two guys to bring him down. Although he hasn't uh, played well that played that well um, in the last week or so he had a pretty bad game against the Steelers but the week before he had over 100 yards on eight catches and a touchdown so I'm not ready to write Gronk off yet like I heard a lot of people doing so far uh, the last couple weeks a lot of people are down on the Patriots saying they're kind of done we saw in that game against the Steelers Tom Brady tried to throw an intercept or throw a ball out of bounds and he did not make it and it got intercepted by Joe Hayden so it's looking like maybe Brady isn't quite what he used to be obviously he's age 41 he was elected to the Pro Bowl but uh, not sure he actually deserved it especially over Andrew Luck Andrew Luck was certainly the number one quarterback I think that deserved to make it over Brady but uh, I think they kind of gave him that sort of lifetime achievement award he won it based on his reputation but going back to to Josh Gordon he is suspended indefinitely it's likely going to last at least a year and then he can apply for reinstatement after that uh, which he had to do previously and it's no guarantee that he will be allowed to be reinstated if and when he can come back so that's going to be hurdles for him and I think that there's been actually a large outpouring of support for Josh Gordon. We've seen a number of athletes in the last year or two come out and be more open about mental health issues, maybe even substance abuse substance abuse issues as well. There's some basketball players, guys like DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love have talked about their mental health as well. So this is becoming more of a conversation in football and in sports in general especially like I said with football you're dealing with potential head injuries and we don't know that all the effects that that could have on on a person's mind and psyche and the way that they think so we don't know what what Josh Gordon's issues entirely are he's been using drugs since he was very little kid in middle school Uh, we don't know you know does football trigger that sometimes we don't know I mean he missed two whole seasons and there's been a school of thought that you want these guys in the facility with the team, working out with the team so that they have structure, they keep busy, they have stuff to do. Um, And it's sort of, they believe, counterintuitive to send these guys away and banish them and sort of give them all this free time. And that could be, you know, harmful to them if they have all this free time and no structure that could cause them to go back to what they were doing that put them in that position. That happened maybe with Alden Smith. We saw he was away from football for a long time, and he played for the Raiders for a few games and then was suspended again when that happened and then just never was able to make it back with the reinstatements. 
Uh, there was a couple times that he tried and it just didn't work. And he had uh, a number of other issues and arrests and he is done in football. So, and that's not necessarily a mental health issue, but there was substance abuse issues uh, rolled up with Alden Smith as well. We're seeing a number of other players deal with um, domestic violence and violence against women as well. So there's a lot swirling around, and, and I wish the best for Josh Gordon. I've been a huge fan of his since Baylor. He broke onto the scene uh, with the Browns, and he was in his second year the best receiver in football. He had uh, over 1,600 yards and nine touchdowns on 87 catches when he had Brandon Whedon, Jason Campbell, and I believe the third one was Brian Hoyer throwing him the football. So he made he made uh, lemonade out of lemons with that, and he still has that top-end talent, and I hope that he can make it back at some point in the NFL. But let's move on here. Uh, a couple other things before we get into the games. The Baltimore Ravens have announced that John Harbaugh, their head coach, will be back in 2019 and that they're also working on an extension to his existing contract, with that, which actually expires after the 2019 season. The Ravens struggled early with, with Joe Flacco but have gone 4-1 and one since they put Lamar Jackson in the lineup. Last week was the first week that Joe Flacco was healthy and a backup in the NFL. And Lamar Jackson seems to be the guy that they're going to roll with forward. He's got to make huge steps going into next season as a passer. While he's been successful so far this year running the football a ton, and they basically played ball control and good defense since he's been in the lineup. He's going to have to progress as a passer because that's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to work forever. All these running quarterbacks have to learn to throw from the pocket if they want to be successful and have longer careers. We've seen guys like RG3 not do that. I mean, he has other issues, sliding, et cetera, where he's been injury prone. But we saw Russell Wilson change his play. He's always been very safe about the way that he takes hits and slides, etc. Uh, guys like Cam Newton have run the ball less, although he's been dinged up this year. I mean, that's the the concern you have with these guys that take so many hits is that eventually they're going to get dinged up we see running backs are one of the have the one of the shortest lifespans of any position in the NFL because they constantly are taking hits on every play and if your quarterback is running 15 20 times a game he's going to be taking a lot of those hits not to mention the hits when he's back in the pocket sometimes so and Lamar Jackson's not you know Cam Newton size. Cam Newton is what, 6'5, 6'6, 250 or so. Lamar Jackson's much smaller, much slimmer. So he, I mean, theoretically is a little bit more prone to being injured if he were to get hit um, a lot and carry the ball a lot. But I, I like Lamar Jackson a lot. I think he can be a, a potential franchise quarterback. I liked him coming out. Um, and I like what Baltimore is doing. They've tailored the offense around him. That's what good coaches do. And I think that John Harbaugh has been a good coach. And they've kind of went all in. They, they you know, drafted him and were, were high on him. In the fr and they drafted him in the first round. So now that they're putting all their trips to the table with Lamar Jackson and moving with him forward, he, like I said, has to make progress as a passer moving into next season so that the Ravens, can continue their playoff run and continue to be a solid team under John Harbaugh. Let's move to my Raiders quickly. We talked last week about how they're being sued by the city of Oakland. We talked about how Reggie McKenzie was fired. We talked about the struggles between Gruden and McKenzie and Mark Davis overruling them on some things like the Amari Cooper trade. 
So out of all that, because uh, we also talked about last week, o- the Oakland Raiders pulled their $7.5 million offer to the OCO Coliseum to play there next year. So they don't have a place to play. And it's possible, depending on the lawsuit outcome, that they won't be able to play in Oakland. So if that isn't possible, they've had a lot of other areas that they were looking at, places like San Antonio or... Um, or even in San Francisco, San Diego, whatever. It sounds like they are talking right now to the San Francisco Giants and are hoping to possibly play in the AT&T Park in 2019 before they move to Las Vegas in 2020. This is becoming an issue. I don't know why when the San Francisco 49ers were building Levi Stadium, why the Raiders did not sort of jump in with them and do what the Giants and the Jets did and sort of share that spot. It would have been a huge market for them. It would have had some complications just with the home and away schedules. And I know that Al Davis's dream was always to have his own stadium with all the bells and whistles and all these suites and, and the whole thing. And they're going to have that in the Las Vegas area. But I wish that they could have stayed in, in Oakland and then in the Bay Area because those fans are amazing. They love their teams. They consistently show up to Raiders games, even though they've been awful for a long time. And we all know that the NFL would be better when if the Raiders were a good team and, and were a consistent team in the playoffs. And in addition, the Warriors, even before they were really, really good, um, they had a number of sellouts and they had one of the, they were top 10 in attendance for years and years and years, even when they were under 500, when they were rolling out teams like with Monte Ellis and Steven Jackson, they still were coming out to support their teams out there. So uh, the A's have managed to still um, also, you know, remain there. There there talks about the A's. Um, they're talking with Oakland about building a new um, a new park there as well. So there are there is money to be made. It's a good market. It's a good fan base. And unfortunately, the Raiders made the move to go get the money grab in Vegas. We'll see what that's like. The Vegas area i guess does sort of fit the raiders mystique if you will or their their sort of outlaw image uh, the desert and sin city sort of speaks with that so i can kind of understand that if they i always said that if they had to move out of california that would be the one place i think it would be acceptable to go now i'm not from oakland so i can understand how fans from there might feel differently being a f- member of raider nation from wisconsin i to me it's more of a national if not global thing it's not necessarily oh they have to play in oakland or they have to play in los angeles which they did and won a super bowl there it's not that they have to play in vegas like it wouldn't bother me if they moved back to oakland or it wouldn't have bothered me if they moved to back to la now again if you're from oakland and you feel differently i have you know nothing but respect for that because i can understand your hometown team is leaving again it's the second time that they've done that so um Unfortunately, that is happening, but we'll see how they can. Uh, we'll see what that stadium looks like, and if they can have success there, and what their home field is like, in a place where there's going to be a lot of tourists coming to see the opposing teams. Probably, on I mean, what what better excuse to go see? Say, if you're from Wisconsin, go see the Packers in Vegas and make a Vegas trip out of it. Do some gambling, do this and that, see some shows, and then go to the game on Sunday and come back. You know, Monday or Tuesday. That would be a, a fun experience. I'm hoping to do that when they move there too. Let's now move into the games from week 15. We saw some of the playoff picture play out. 
I'm going to get through a couple of games here that were just really not that important and or super boring. The first one was the Washington football franchise. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have just been dreadful this season. They won 16-13. to They came back and scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. Josh Johnson started over Mark Sanchez. He threw a touchdown and had 49 yards rushing to sort of give them just enough to squeak by the Jaguars. The Jaguars' only touchdown came on a punt return for a touchdown by D.D. Westbrook. Cody Kessler, the guy they benched Blake Bortles for, had a whopping 57 yards passing in this game. You're never going to win when your quarterback throws for 57 yards. Inexplicably, Fournette only had uh, 11 carries for 46 yards in a game that was pretty much one possession the entire game. There's not really anything else worthy to note in this game. The Washington football team still is alive, I guess, in the NFC playoff hunt. They're at 7-7. Seven seven. They're only a game behind the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're tied with the Philadelphia Eagles, and they're going to have to play uh, the Eagles in the last game of the season. That could t- maybe determine whether or not one of those teams secures that second wild card spot, especially after the Panthers lost again to the Saints. Uh, we'll get into that. And they fell to 6-8 and eight after losing six in a row in We'll get into Cam Newton, too, in just a little bit. But I'm going to move on from this game because it was ugly and awful, and the Jags are terrible, and I really hope Washington doesn't make that second wild card spot because they're going to be an easy out for some team. Let's move into another pretty much useless game, the Battle of the Birds. Arizona Cardinals were on the road in Atlanta in the ATL against the Atlanta Falcons, and the Atlanta Falcons finally just put a beat down on a team. They won 40-14. to The one thing that is just kind of absurd to me is the Falcons were winning 26 to 7 at halftime and 33 to 7 going into the fourth quarter but yet Matt Ryan still threw the ball 36 times and the running backs Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith had only a combined 20 carries even though Tevin Coleman had 11 carries for 145 yards and a touchdown meaning he was averaging what 12 plus yards a carry 13 yards a carry <laughs> but they didn't give him the ball, they didn't run the ball. Matt Ryan still threw the ball 36 times. To me, that was kind of silly. Josh Rosen was eventually taken out of the game, and Mike Glennon came in. Rosen threw two picks, had only 132 yards passing. He was one of my least favorite of the quarterbacks coming out, and I have not loved what I've seen from him so far this year. The Falcons uh, moved to 5-9. and nine. The Cardinals are 3-11, and tied in a three-way split between the Raiders, the Niners, and the Cardinals for only three wins. They're fighting for the number one draft, uh, the number one draft slot in the 2019 draft. The Falcons, I guess, are just, I don't know. They, they've had a really ugly go of it since the second half of the Super Bowl, basically. They haven't been the same since Kyle Shanahan left, or even in that game. They haven't committed to the run. And their offense is struggling, and you've seen Matt Ryan fall down back to earth. And he, like I said, I think it was either last week or the week before when I was talking with Justin that, in my opinion, he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the league. And he is now, right now at least, the second-highest paid quarterback in the league, just right behind Aaron Rodgers. That may change in the near future when some of these other younger quarterbacks get extensions. But for right now, the Falcons, um, they have a good chance to be better and be back in the hunt next year 
They will presumably have Devontae Freeman fully healthy, and they might actually commit to the running game then. Uh, if they can keep, you know, Julio Jones reworked his deal, if they can uh, keep their defense semi-healthy, uh, they could be back next year. But let's move on to another ugly, ugly game. The Buffalo Bills beat the Detroit Lions. Both teams are now 5-9. and nine. The Bills scored a fourth-quarter touchdown to come back on the Lions. Josh Allen had a touchdown passing and a touchdown running. Matt Stafford, once again, only had about 208 yards, had one touchdown. The running game was working all right for them. Kenny Galladay, a guy that we've hyped up on this show, had seven of uh, seven catches on eight targets for 146 yards. He is, like I said, a rising star. He might be the number one wide receiver in Detroit as early as next season, especially now that Golden Tate is gone. He's got to be the number one target because I don't think Marvin Jones can be that guy. In Buffalo, we saw them getting rid of Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, now they're apparently top receiving targets are guys uh, like Robert Foster, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, and Zay Jones, even though Zay Jones had only one catch on six targets. That is a testament to uh, some of Josh Allen's accuracy issues. But he didn't run as much this um, this game. And, uh, I mean, it was ugly either way. You'd like to see Allen um, sort of be a little bit better and more accurate. He only completed 50% of his passes in this game, and that's been the big knock on him was when he, can he get more accurate in the NFL. And so far it hasn't really come to fruition, and that is going to be an issue for them moving forward. And if he can't, if he can't fix that, I don't know if he's I don't think he's gonna be able to be obviously a franchise quarterback. Speaking of the Bills too, after they released Nathan Peterman, Nathan the Peterman as I call him, he was signed by my Oakland Raiders to be the to be on the practice squad. John Gruden said he's gonna try to like reboot or restart his career, give him a, a fresh start, which I I mean, I guess you could try. He at some point liked the talent on him, but the guy was just one of the worst quarterbacks you may have ever seen play in the NFL. There was so many interceptions, so many pick sixes. It was just ugly all the way around. All right, let's move to the next game here. The Denver Broncos basically saw their playoff hopes just absolutely crushed. They've now lost two in a row. They lost on Saturday night to the Cleveland Browns, who I liked at the beginning of the season. I thought they'd be the third best team in the AFC North, and they are. The Bengals have fallen off. It's likely, hopefully, Marvin Lewis gets fired. Cleveland Browns under Greg Williams are four and two, or maybe five and two now with this win. They're six, seven, and one on the season. I like what they're doing. I like what I'm seeing out of Baker Mayfield. They didn't have a ton of yards passing in this game. They ran the ball a lot with Nick Chubb. He had 20 carries for 100 yards. Uh, Denver couldn't really get their running game going. Philip Lindsay only had 24 yards on 14 carries. Case Keenum threw the ball 48 times, which once again is not the way that you're going to win uh, in the NFL, especially with a guy like Case Keenum. He threw two interceptions, no touchdowns. I think part of the issue for Case Keenum and for the Denver Broncos is the lack of weapons for him now, especially on the outside, because Emmanuel Sanders tore his Achilles. He's done for the season. They traded Demarius Thomas, and Cortland Sutton is a rookie. So I'm not sure. They play, uh, I forgot who they played this week, but then they play, I believe, the Chargers to end the season. They would have to win out to even have a chance to make the playoffs let me just double check oh they're playing the Raiders this week and then they finish up at the Chargers I believe so it's possible they could get that Raiders victory but I don't think they're going to beat the Chargers so the Broncos hopes of the playoffs are probably ended 
and the Browns continue to show progress. And there's talk now that they're had there could they could seriously consider Greg Williams for head the head coaching job. Like I said, he's now I believe five and two since they fired Hugh Jackson. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Obviously, they're going to interview a bunch of other candidates, but uh, you'd want an, a nice offensive coordinator since Greg Williams is a defensive guy and it was the defensive coordinator. But uh, I like what the Browns have. They have a stockpile of talent after picking so high in the draft all those years, and they're going to have a, a bright future. Hopefully, Baker Mayfield can progress. Let's talk about the other Saturday night game as well. The Houston Texans. Got back to winning after losing last week. They beat the New York Jets 29-22 on the road. They secured the number two spot right now in the AFC. They're holding off the Patriots. They're game ahead. Hopefully, I'm hoping they can take it. Although, the Patriots have a cupcake schedule playing the Bills and the, the Jets to end the season. So, it's very possible they'll go 11-5. and So, I'm hoping that the, the Texans this week play the Philadelphia Eagles. So, it's not, not a gimme game for them. Deshaun Watson against the Jets had 294 yards, two touchdowns. They didn't really run the ball very effectively, if at all. Lamar Miller only had three carries. Uh, Alfred Blue had nine carries for six yards. Deshaun Watson was their leading rusher. Sam Darnold had a pretty nice game, threw for just over 250 yards, had two touchdowns. Robbie Anderson uh, is now caught back-to-back, has back-to-back weeks with touchdowns. A guy that I'm aligned much during the season, but he is their clear option, number one option right now with Quincy and Nunwa on the mend, with Jermaine Curse out. DeAndre Hopkins had a huge game. He had 11 targets, caught 10 of them for 170 yards, had two touchdowns. He almost kind of single-handedly destroyed the Jets. The defense played pretty well, and the Titan, uh, the Texans, excuse me, outscored the Jets 13-7 in the fourth quarter and got the win. And like I said, moved into that number two spot. The Jets fall to four and ten, and are just under the Bills now in last place in that division. I like, like I said, what I've seen from Sam Darnold so far this season. He missed a bunch of games, but hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, he didn't turn the ball over in this game. I don't believe he might have fumbled. I'm not sure, but he didn't throw an interception in this game after leading the league uh, before he got injured. So I'd like to see the last couple weeks him play him play well and progress. Let's uh, let's keep this going here because I don't have a whole lot of time and I have a whole lot still more to get into. A week after Derrick Henry just lit the world on fire on Monday Night Football and ran for over 200 yards, he followed it up with a 33-carry, 170-yard, and two-touchdown performance against the Giants. The the Tennessee Titans won 17-0 over the Giants. They moved to 8-6. The Giants are 5-9. The Titans are right in there in the thick of things for the, uh, the, the last AFC wildcard spot. They won this game despite Marcus Mariota throwing for only 88 yards passing. It's clear that they've shifted the offense to having Derrick Henry be the number one lead back and him just bulldozing through. The Giants, on the other side, only gave Saquon Barkley 14 carries. He only had 31 yards. It was not a great performance from him or from this team. Eli Manning threw 44 times, not a recipe for success, had one interception, no touchdowns. Had 229 yards. They had no Odell Beckham in this game. So Evan Ingram was their number one target in this game. He had eight catches, 75 yards. But the Titans are playing pretty solid defense, and they're running the football and just killing guys with Derrick Henry. 
I got to admit, uh, throughout the season, I was not very high on Derrick Henry. I thought people that drafted him high in fantasy it was kind of a mistake. And for most of the season, he proved me right. He was not getting a lot of carries. But the last couple of weeks, he burst out. Um, and I'm starting him, hopefully. I'm starting him this week in my championship. So hopefully he continues this streak. Uh, the Giants' season is over. They might want to play spoiler to the Cowboys in the last game of the season. Maybe Odell will play, but they might just shut him down for the rest of the season. And we'll have to see what happens with the Titans in the other, in that last AFC wild card slot. Let's move to the Minnesota Vikings, who basically almost punched their ticket, uh, continued uh, their road to the wild card. They beat the Miami Dolphins 41 17. They're now 7 6 1. They eliminated the Packers, which was awesome. Uh, especially after the Packers uh, did not play well. The Miami Dolphins moved to 7-7. Seven and seven. They still have a chance to make the playoffs, but it's unlikely. Ryan Tannehill had a f- ugly game, had only 108 yards passing. The Vikings jumped out 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Thought like that the game was going to be essentially over there, uh, but the Dolphins came back and made it a 24-17 to game, but then the Vikings just had a 17-point fourth quarter to seal the deal dalvin cook had a huge game had 19 carries 136 yards two touchdowns latavius murray also had a good game 15 carries 68 yards and a touchdown stefan diggs caught a touchdown Uh, adam thielen had a quiet game though had only two catches for 19 yards but the vikings are starting to maybe round into shape here Uh, they have a good chance to make the nfc wildcard spot the Panthers lost this week. The Packers are out, obviously. And the Washington Football Club and the Philadelphia Eagles play each other on the last game of the season. So one of them will lose. That will help the Vikings. And then the Eagles also play this week against the Texans, uh, which is a game they could very well lose as well. So the Vikings are just almost there. Uh, A win next week would probably basically put them in. Uh, I don't know who... I'm going to double-check who they're playing here really quickly. They are playing the Lions on the road, a game that they should win, but, you know, it's the Vikings, so you never know. Kirk Cousins uh, had a decent game, 215 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. I'm really interested to see what Kirk Cousins is going to play like in the playoffs with this team. He's never won a playoff game. He's only been there once with the Washington team. Uh, so I want to see what he can do. This was why they paid him all this money is to get them sort of over that hump. They have the running game, even though they haven't been running the ball uh, well most of the season. Part, part of that was John Filippo just didn't commit to the run. They were, what was it, 29th, I think, in rushing attempts. And you saw since he's um, in this game, the first game, that uh, they had a new offensive coordinator, Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook combined for 34 carries. And they just absolutely destroyed the Dolphins. So maybe that's a good idea for the Vikings moving forward and a lot of other teams to run the football, especially when uh, the cold weather rolls around and in the playoffs you're going to need to be able to do that and play solid defense. The Vikings, like I said, are hopefully going to make that other wild card spot there, right there. Let's talk about a team that fell out of favor there, the Carolina Panthers. They have lost now six in a row. They lost on Monday night to the New Orleans Saints, 12-9, ugly game. Uh, the Panthers only scored one touchdown, and I guess the Saints only scored one touchdown as well, too. 
But the Saints right now are in that spot to possibly lock up the number one seed. The Panthers, Cam Newton had another pretty ugly game, had only 131 yards passing and an interception. He had only five carries for 15 yards. Christian McCaffrey threw their touchdown. It was a 50-yard uh, touchdown throw to um, Manhurts. They're one of their tight ends. And Christian McCaffrey only had 15 carries in this game as well for 53 yards. It kind of bottled him up, but he had eight catches for 67 yards. We still had over 100 scrimmage yards. But the story of the day was the way that the Saints could run the football. Alvin Kamara had 14 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. And then the big bulldozer, Mark Ingram, had 12 carries for 63 yards. Both guys averaging right around five yards a carry. The issue for the New Orleans Saints right now is that five of their offensive linemen are on the injury report right now. And we've seen since their offensive line has taken a beating, Drew Brees has not looked the same the last several weeks. He is not a mobile guy. Uh, he's not super tall either. So when the pocket is collapsing around him, he's tending to struggle. Uh, their wide receiver depth is an issue right now. They tried to sign. We know Des Bryant. That didn't work. They tried to sign Brandon Marshall. That didn't work. They waived him. Traquan Smith, after having that huge game, that 10 reception game, has fallen off a cliff. He hasn't done anything of late. And there's talk that maybe Ted Ginn could come back from injured reserve. I think that that's something that would actually be very beneficial to the Saints because they're so lacking in the wide receiver core right now. That's my one concern for this team outside of Michael Thomas, uh, who, who in this game, again, had only 49 yards receiving on seven catches. They have a lot of just practice squad and um, undrafted guys right now, which I know Drew Brees can make, you know, make something happen with those guys, but they're going to need to improve the offensive line play. And Drew Brees is going to have to just play more crisp football. Cam Newton has now been benched. The Carolina Panthers are moving to Taylor Heineke because he's actually healthy. Cam Newton's shoulder has been an issue. He is going to be shut down, Ron Rivera said. I think it's smart of the Panthers to do that. They're eliminated from, essentially eliminated from playoff contention. I mean, there's a possibility that they could have made it if a bunch of scenarios and a bunch of things kind of happened for them. But I think Cam Newton's long-term health is more important. We saw what the Colts had to do with Andrew Luck. They had to suffer through basically like a year and a half of him not playing to get him 100% healthy, and you're sort of seeing the benefits of that now because he it looks great and should have made the Pro Bowl over Tom Brady. You have to take Cam Newton's long-term health into into consideration instead of just trying to get a six-seed wild-card spot, which you're unlikely to make a Super Bowl run from there. You'd have to win three road games just to get to the Super Bowl. So you got to take into account that next season you're going to come back. you got to get maybe some better weapons for Cam Newton, maybe give him a real number one wideout. I mean, DJ Moore has had a nice season, but the, he is the best receiver on the team. And Cam Newton just really hasn't had a dynamic, true one, number one wideout. Greg Olson has been <clears throat> his favorite target since he got there. Uh, he's been a, obviously he's a tight end, and he's been hurt most of this season. He only played a few games this season. You got to wonder how injury prone he is moving forward and how much they can rely on him. I like what Ian Thomas, their rookie tight end, can bring to the table. The Panthers' defense still looks good. I don't expect them to win many more games with Taylor Heineke. Obviously, there's only two more. They would have to win out and then have some things happen for them to not make or for them to actually make the playoffs. 
and I don't think it's going to happen. They sort of just punted on the season by benching Cam Newton. And like I said, I think that's the right call. He just hasn't looked right since the um, the game against the Steelers. He took a, a big hit from TJ Watt, and after that game, his passing numbers have just not been good. He struggled with it all season. We've seen uh, they did put Taylor Heineke in to do the Hail Mary. Uh, they took Cam Newton out for that. We saw the Colts do that earlier in the season with Andrew Luck. They took him out and put in Jacoby Brissett to throw the Hail Mary. So we're sort of seeing some of those same signs. So I think it's smart of them to just shut him down. you got nothing really to play for and, and look forward to next season. Well, let's talk about Andrew Luck, who at home blanked the Cowboys. The Cowboys were red hot, winners of five straight. They came into Indy. They lost 23 to nothing. Both teams are now 8-6. and six. The Colts have a good chance to make that second AFC wildcard slot. They're fighting with the Titans and then also, I guess, the Steelers and Ravens, whoever's going to possibly win that division. Cowboys had a chance to to take a, a huge step forward. They kind of, I don't want to say they blew it because I don't necessarily think that a lot of people expected them to go to Indy and, and win. Um, but they have two games to end the season that they should win. They have to play Tampa at home and then go on the road to play the Giants in Week 17. If you all remember, there was those three straight years with Jason Garrett where they had a chance to win the division, the NFC East, and three straight years they lost to each team in succession. They lost to Philly, Washington, and the New York Giants in the last game of the season to lose the division. So if they don't beat the Buccaneers this week and... Philly wins or Washington wins, it's very possible that Dallas could be playing for their season and for the NFC East in Week 17 on the road against the Giants, who would obviously be looking to spoil the Dallas Cowboys uh, at that point. I guess it would be the new year and their Christmases. Uh, we'll see if Tampa Bay can do it on, on Sunday. But they got really nothing going in this game. Dak Prescott had only 206 yards and one interception on 39 passing attempts. That's not going to win you a lot of games. Blake Jarwin was their leading receiver. Amari Cooper had only four catches for 32 yards. He also had an 11-yard carry. But the story of the day was not so much Andrew Luck because he only had 192 yards passing, but the Colts beat the Dallas Cowboys at their own game. Ezekiel Elliott had 18 carries for 87 yards, and Marlon Mack... For the Indianapolis Colts at 27 carries, 139 yards, two touchdowns. They just took it right to the Dallas Cowboys, took it right up at the basically the Cowboys' strength. I mean, Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith and guys like Tyrone Crawford um, and Demarcus Lawrence and those guys, they're all, they play the run really well. The Dallas Cowboys can defend the run pretty well, and the Colts just took it right to him. The offensive line of the Colts is much improved, and they took it right to that defensive line. They won in the trenches and allowed them to control the football game. And one of the reasons that I wasn't super high on the Colts coming into the season was that I wasn't a huge believer in their defense. Darius Leonard kind of came out of nowhere. He is a contender for AFC Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, with uh, with guys like uh, Derwin James. But they have a much improved defense and they blanked the Cowboys in this game something I didn't expect the week before even though the Colts lost they only gave up seven or excuse me six points to the Jaguars so this defense in the last two weeks has only given up six points 
they're catching fire potentially at the right time. They have a couple guys that I that I like besides Darius Leonard, you know, guys like Jabal Sherd. They're playing with sort of a, a secondary by committee. They have a couple decent safeties. But uh, but the Colts defense does not have any of those star names that a lot of guys or a lot of people would know, and they're playing really well. If they can continue to supplement this offense, we know what Andrew Luck can do. We've seen what Marlon Mack can do. We've seen how this offense can play. The offensive line's improved. If that defense can step up, this team is going to have a good chance to make that last AFC wild card spot. And if they do, that's going to be a, a team that you are not going to want to play in the first round of the playoffs because Andrew Luck on any given day can light you up. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, like I said, this week play Tampa. That's a game that they should win. The, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have fallen. They got nothing really to play for anymore. Uh, the the Colts next week are at the or excuse me home against the Giants, uh, a game that they should also win, especially if Odell Beckham doesn't play. If the Colts can win that game, they got a good chance uh, uh, to move forward. So both teams next week have a good chance to move to nine and six. The Cowboys win. The division's theirs. Uh, the Colts win. They have one more. Uh, they're just a step closer to a playoff berth. The next game that I want to talk about here is a game that has no real consequences, but uh, the Cincinnati Bengals beat my Oakland Raiders 30-16. to The Raiders fall to 3-11. and The Bengals move up to 6-8. and Derek Carr had 263 yards, one touchdown. They did have no running game, but Derek Carr has now set the Oakland Raiders franchise record for most pass attempts without an interception thrown and he has thrown nine touchdowns and zero interceptions in the last five games so he's actually playing decently well but the team isn't obviously the defense is atrocious they have no running game the patch the offensive line is just patched together Gabe Jackson was moved to IR he's a pro bowl guard of theirs Coleccio Semley also a pro bowl guard has been in and out of the lineup Donald Penn, who has previously made the Pro Bowl, uh, was their right tackle. He's on IR. He's not coming back. So three-fifths of their offensive line, three guys that made the Pro Bowl are out. Rodney Hudson is their lone left Pro Bowl offensive lineman. The running game has suffered, obviously, without Marshawn Lynch. Doug Martin only had nine carries for 39 yards. Jalen Rashard didn't do much. uh, Four carries, nine yards. Joe Mixon took him to school. He had 27 carries, 129 yards, two touchdowns. That was how they were able to basically control the game. Tyler Boyd passed 1,000 yards. Uh, He had four catches for 38 yards and the lone Jeff Driscoll touchdown. Even though Andy Dalton missed a chunk of the season and A.J. Green missed a chunk of the season, I think you have to fire Marvin Lewis and bring in a new culture into the Cincinnati Bengals team. I know Paul Brown is cheap and doesn't want to do it, but he's going to have to. Uh, The Raiders, I said, hope they continue to lose just so they can get that higher playoff spot. Let's move on to the Ravens. They beat the Buccaneers at home to move to 8-6. They're also in that wild card spot. They're also chasing the Steelers for the division. Lamar Jackson had 131 yards passing, one touchdown, had 95 yards rushing. Gus Edwards, their undrafted running back, had... 104 yards and a touchdown had a great game winston threw for only 157 yards had a pick Uh, the ravens like i said just play that ball control game and they're able to run the football all over you both with lamar jackson and gus edwards and kenneth dixon also had 11 carries for 48 yards 
They can troll the, the clock, and they play great defense. They're going to catch a lot of teams by surprise. If they make the uh, the playoffs, they're going to be a dangerous out. And I'm actually cheering for them to make uh, to make that spot. It's going to be, I think, either them or the Colts, even though the Titans are playing well as well. The Seahawks could have wrapped up uh, that first NFC spot in the wild card, but they lost on the road to the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners moved to 4-10, and 10, excuse me, so they have four wins. So the Cardinals and the Raiders are the only teams with three wins. My apologies. Saint, or excuse me, the Seahawks fall to 8-6. and six. They lost. This was an overtime game. They lost by three points. Uh, Russell Wilson had a good game, 237 yards, two touchdowns. They ran the ball well. Chris Carson had uh, 22 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown. But Nick Mullins played well. He had 275 yards and a touchdown, and they were able to eke out the victory. Though it was nice to see Doug Baldwin healthy. He had four catches, 77 yards, and both of Russell Wilson's touchdowns. Seahawks play the Chiefs this week in a big game. They're looking to play, spoiler, to the Chiefs. Uh, They need to win one of their next... uh, two games to get themselves into that first NFC wildcard spot. Let's move on to the Green Bay Packers, who got beat by the Chicago Bears. Bears moved to 10-4. and four. They clinched the NFC North. This was a game I sort of had to see to believe. I wasn't uh, not a super big believer in Mitchell Trubisky or Matt Nagy. I think uh, Matt Nagy's play calling is extremely overrated, and teams will catch up to him eventually. But the, for right now, this defense is playing really well. Biscuit had 235 yards, two touchdowns. Rodgers had an ugly game. He, they threw the ball 42 times. He had only 274 yards through an interception. It was his first interception in, uh, what was it, like 305 attempts or something crazy. Uh, Eddie Jackson actually hurt himself coming out of the end zone. He should have just needed in the end zone. Instead, he tried to come out and then go down himself and tweaked his ankle. So hopefully he's okay, um, but the Bears now have clinched that division. Looks like they're going to be the number three spot in the uh, in the NFC and play um, that last um, the last seed who gets in, whether it's the Vikings or the Eagles or Washington. Uh, they will likely play one of those teams at Soldier Field. Khalil Mack had another good game. He uh, just continues to be an absolute game wrecker. Uh, the Bears are going to be a tough out. Uh, they, I think they have a good chance to win uh, the, the divisional game, but going on the road against the, the Saints and the Rams is going to be difficult. I know they beat the Rams earlier, uh, but playoff football is definitely different. Uh, this was an, sort of an ugly and disappointing end to a disappointing Packers season, even though I loved it. Let's move into those Eagles. They beat the Los Angeles Rams on the road to stay at 7-7 seven and seven to keep their playoff hopes alive. The Rams fall to 11 and 3. They're a game behind the Saints. Nick Foles, for some reason, somehow is able to sprinkle his magic dust and get a victory. He had only 270 yards passing and an interception, uh, but they ran the ball physically with Smallwood. Uh, he had 48 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Sproles looked nice, uh, but Todd Gurley had only 12 carries, 48 yards. He did have two touchdowns. Goff threw two more interceptions. He has been atrocious the last few weeks. Todd Gurley also had 10 catches in the game for 76 yards. But Alshon Jeffrey was uh, the star of the game for the Eagles. He had eight catches on eight targets for 160 yards, bailed him out on a few occasions, and the Eagles were able to, to get that win same way they did last year with Carson Wentz tearing his ACL in that specific game in L.A. So they were able to get that revenge. Um, but Nick Foles is going to be likely the starter moving forward because of Carson Wentz back. They're probably going to shut him down. 
I don't know that the Eagles will make the playoffs. I think the Vikings will secure that last spot, but I guess it's still possible the Eagles could win the NFC East if they win out and the Cowboys uh, lose out, but I don't think that's likely to happen. And after we talked about Josh Gordon to start the start off the, the show, let's finish with the Patriots. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers 17-10. to The only touchdown the New England Patriots scored was on a 65-yard, I believe it was, touchdown to Chris Hogan where there was just basically a busted Steelers coverage. Three guys ran with one receiver and left Chris Hogan just wide open on the other side of the field. He had an easy run in. But the rest of the game, Brady didn't look great. Gronkowski only had uh, two catches for 21 yards. Uh, and like I mentioned, Brady tried to throw that ball out of bounds that didn't make it. Uh, and he just didn't have the arm to make it all the way there. Roethlisberger had a pretty meh game, two touchdowns, two picks. But Jalen Samuels, replacing James Conner, had a great game, 19 carries, 142 yards. It allowed the Steelers to uh, control some of the game and run run the ball well. And the Patriots had a chance at the end. Uh, they were they had a t- chance to score a touchdown. Uh, they had first and uh, I don't think they had first and goal. I think it was like first and ten at like the thirty or something, and they were trying to get it in, and they they just could not. They fell to nine and five. They've lost two straight games, and they lost the number two seed. Uh, they do finish up with the Bills and the Jets, so it's very likely they're going to win out and go to eleven and five. The Texans would have to. I don't know who has the tiebreaker between them, uh, so it's possible even if the Texans win 11 games as well that the Patriots will take that number two seed but there's going to be a lot of issues moving forward for the Patriots is Gronkowski fully healthy can he be a difference maker and now without Josh Gordon how's that going to affect their offense their defense doesn't look fantastic most most of the time though Roethlisberger made him look good with those couple interceptions um the Steelers are just a half game ahead of the Ravens right now in that division they have to go on the road to New Orleans this week that's going to be tough for them to win. Uh, the Ravens play the Chargers this week, so that's going to be a difficult game for them as well. So the two AFC North teams battling for that title are going to have difficult games, but one of them is eventually going to have to come out. I picked the Steelers to make it out of the AFC just because I didn't want to pick the Patriots because I hate them so much, uh, but it doesn't look like they have that juggernaut. I was also picking them expecting Le'Veon Bell to play. But he is sitting out the season, and James Conner now is hurt as well. So the Steelers team, uh, not sure that I love them moving forward, but I still think they'll sneak into into the playoffs. All right, we're done with the NFL now. I want to get into a couple NBA things quickly while we only got about 10 minutes left. I wanted to leave more time, but uh, I just didn't. I talked too much. Um, last week we were talking about the Trevor Ariza trade. It was originally reported to be a three-team trade between the Grizzlies, the Suns, and the Wizards. However... There was a miscommunication about the Brookses. Uh, originally, the 29-year-old Marshawn Brooks was supposed to be included in the deal. However, the Grizzlies backed out because they did not want to put Dylan Brooks, uh, their 22-year-old second-year starting wing, in the deal to get Kelly Oubre. So they actually bowed out, and it was only a two-team trade now. The... Um, the, Sun, the Wizards sent Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre to the Suns for Trevor Ariza. I think this was a, a weird move. The Suns waived Austin Rivers, paying him $8 million to just go away, which was surprising since they have no point guard depth. So they basically traded Oubre for Ariza, 
or Ariza for Ubre, which I love for the Suns. Ubre is a nice young player. He's averaging a career high 13 plus points a game this season. He has a chance to win a starting wing job, a spot there for the Suns. He plays good defense. I don't get this move for the Wizards. They give up two rotation players for Ariza, a guy who's struggling shooting the ball right now, a guy who doesn't seem like he loves and wants to be there and his shooting issues have created uh, despite the fact that he plays good defense Ariza's shooting issues have just not allowed him to be as good as as we want him to be I think he's only shooting like 35 percent from three this year which is under league average so it's interesting to see a trade fall apart because they've a miscommunication on two players on a team with the same last name but the Grizzlies did miss out on getting Kelly Oubre but he's in the last year of his deal so it's going to be interesting to see if the Suns are going to want to pay him next year. Let's move into the Rockets and Chris Paul. We talked, me and Justin talked about this this offseason when he was signed to that four-year, 160 or so million dollar max contract that at age 33, he had already been breaking down. He's been injury prone. He's missed playoff series with the Clippers and with the Hornets. He's been injured. And last season, he got injured in the playoffs in what was it game five or game six and missed uh i think yeah he missed game six and seven against the warriors and they lost uh that series and now it looks like their window is sort of closed they lost a reason and bamute tried to replace him with Melo. that was a disaster now Melo's there but he's not on the team they haven't waived him or traded him yet they got their defensive uh, assistant coach back because they got rid of Melo. essentially it sounds like he didn't want to work with him the team is zero and five this season without chris paul we know with guys like eric gordon james harden clint capella they'll still be a formidable team they'll probably still make the playoffs uh, but chris paul has a strained hamstring he left the game the other day against miami miami took a 17 to 4 uh, had a 17 to 4 run in the third quarter uh, which allowed them to win the game and beat the rockets he has apparently a grade two hamstring strain which will i'll probably have him miss at least two to three weeks it's possible he does come back in two to three weeks, but it sounds like he's not even going to be reevaluated until two weeks. He had ham the hamstring injury kept him out of the playoffs last season as well. So it sounds like right now Chris Paul's body is starting to break down, and this is the first year of that deal. In three, four years, he's going to be making $43, $44 million, and I'm not sure he's going to even be able to play. And I've never been a huge fan of Chris Paul's. So I'm not necessarily, I mean, I don't want him to get injured necessarily, obviously, but uh, I'm not too sad that the Rockets aren't really a threat this year. Though, you know, he could come back healthy, and they really just want him healthy come postseason time. Now, they obviously need to make the playoffs for him to do that, uh, but they need him healthy for that time. So as long as he's healthy for the playoffs, they have a chance, I suppose. Moving to the Bucks, Ersan Ilyasova broke his nose. He had a fractured nose in practice, and he has to have surgery. Uh, he had the surgery actually today, so he is out indefinitely. While he's played okay for the Bucks, he's playing about 20 minutes a night. He's only shooting 30, just under 36% from three, which again is slightly under league average. And we paid him on a three-year deal for $21 million. Not the smartest move in the world, especially given our cap flexibility this offseason. But hey, what do you know? Um, but he's out right now. It's going to take a little bit of a blow to their three-point shooting. Maybe Lopez will play some more minutes. The Another big man, the Celtics, Aaron Baines, is going to be out for a month. He broke his hand. 
They've also been missing Al Horford, who's on my fantasy team, with knee soreness for the past several games. Uh, so they are taking a beating. They just lost two straight games now, one to the Suns, and they lost tonight to the Bucks. Another team that has been super injury uh, hit, hit by the injury bug has been the, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Zach Levine sprained his ankle the other day. He's going to be out about two to four weeks. And now Bobby Portis sprained his ankle. He's going to miss about two to four weeks. So they they got Laurie Markkinen back and then lost those two guys. So they can't stay healthy. They're one of the worst teams in the NBA, and Jabari Parker still can't even crack the rotation. Good God. Uh, Goran Dragic for the Heat is going to be out for two months following knee surgery. That's going to be a big blow to the Heat. They're going to probably have to start Tyler Johnson. It's going to maybe allow for guys like Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow, et cetera, to have some more playmaking abilities. James Johnson has some more playmaking abilities. Uh, Dwayne Wade might also play some more minutes. Um, I like the Heat coming into the season. They haven't really performed all that well, um, but I still have faith in them just because they play um, they play good defense. Um, and, you know, looking at some of the standings here, for the NBA, the Lakers have lost a couple games here, and now there's big talks that they need to go get Anthony Davis. Those rumors are starting to swirl. The Brooklyn Nets have won six in a row. They're coming up uh, trying to get that A seed in the playoffs. They were a team that I picked to make the playoffs, uh, actually in the East, be one of the seven or eight teams in the East. Not saying that that's necessarily going to come true, but be on the lookout for the Brooklyn Nets. They play really solid, and Jared Allen had that nice block on LeBron the other day, and now everyone's already questioning, is LeBron done? Has he lost a step? Blah, blah, blah. It's just it's kind of absurd. I mean, the guy got blocked one time. Give him a break. All right, we only got about a minute and a half left, so I'm going to have to pretty much wrap up here. I know there's a lot more to still say, but uh, I can only do so much in an hour. Like I said, I don't know if we're going to do a podcast this week either, but uh, we're going to have a lot. Actually, we probably should since we're going to have guests on the show next week. We're probably not going to have time to get through everything necessarily. But just a reminder, this has been Top of the Key. I am Stefan. Uh, We're going to be back next Friday, um, always here on Riverwest Radio, 10 to 11 p.m. Central Time. Listen on 104.1 FM or riverwestradio.com slash live. Or you can go to iTunes to find all of our archived Uh, podcasts and shows Uh, it's got everything there find us on facebook facebook.com slash top of the key podcast uh what else we got we got uh twitter at stefan sports and at justin wxrw so i hope that uh everyone has a, a merry christmas and good luck to those of you that are in the fantasy football playoffs Uh, Like I said, I'm in the championship in both leagues. I'm very injury-plagued, so hopefully I can pull one out. We'll see if Brandon can beat me. I don't know. I can't let an Engelbart win. Actually, I don't know if he's an Engelbart, but I can't let him win. i got to get a win in one of them, one of them out of the two, I hope. But uh, all right, everyone, have a Merry Christmas, and we will see you next week to talk about everything else. Hi. 